Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host TK, a teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this episode, I'm joined by return guest Daniel in a discussion about what's coming up in the MCU for the rest of 2021. This episode does contain minor spoilers for what we've seen so far for Phase 4 in the MCU and some general speculation about the upcoming projects. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can follow me for updates and behind-the-scenes extras at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And another way you can support the show is by purchasing some There Was an Idea merchandise, which you can find a link to in the show notes and in my Instagram bio. Enjoy the episode. Today, I am joined by a special return guest who always brings an infectious enthusiasm and thoughtful insight to our discussions. He's an MCU podcaster's best friend. It's Daniel. How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing great, Tara. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to talking to you because it's been a while. We haven't done a recording together since I think it was late June, early July. Uh, we were talking about episode four of Loki. And since then, there have been quite a few new developments in the MCU. So I wanted to start off by hearing about some of your favorite new things in the MCU that you've seen since we last spoke. Yeah, um, I can't. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. So I'm really excited always to be back. So thank you. So let's see. So there's the Loki wrap up. There's um, Shang-Chi and there's What If. And then a bunch of trailers, which we're going to talk about. Is that right? And you can't forget my girl, Black Widow. Uh, so we didn't talk about Black Widow. We've talked about it, you and I, over <laughs> <laughs> over uh, okay. discussion chat, but not on the podcast. <laughs> so it must have been late June and not early July. It then. must have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it must have been. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> we have definitely talked about Black Widow. So um, uh, as as will be evident from my top list. I'll kind of preview that. I had a blast with Loki, mm-hmm. um, just the conclusion and rewatching it over and the music. I've really sunk my teeth into that. Um, I really enjoyed Black Widow, but I only saw it once so far. And um, as of today's recording, it is available on Disney Plus, but I made the, the, uh, the good guest choice <laughs> to prepare <laughs> for this episode rather than watch Black Widow again. Although I think you would have supported me on that if I had made that choice. And then um, I've, I've been enjoying, you know, it's been up and down, but for the most part, I've been enjoying What If. If you had asked me um, a week and a half ago, I would have a very different answer as to my overall kind of perspective on What If. But given that I've, I've now watched the, uh, and I won't spoil it because I know it's, kind of, it's still kind of new for people, but I watched the entire season now, and I've I've come away feeling pretty good about it. So I've enjoyed the What If series. I like animation. I like the the concept of multiple universes and um, the different story threads that 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 go down. You know, they're like going down the different rabbit holes. I always liked the What If um, storylines as as a kid. I'd I'd read those comics, and I'd also there was a DC version of those. I don't know if you're familiar with them. That's no, called Elseworlds. Uh-oh. Have you heard Elseworlds? Yeah. And um, I, for, I totally forgot about it until one of my friends talked to me, reminded me about it. And it's basically the same thing. You know, it's what if in DC land. And then, and then um, you know, I um, 
had a very a very favorable reaction to, to Black Widow. I really liked the the throwback. I liked um, loved Florence Pugh and all the promise that that brings and and the closing the book on Black Widow. Although we've gotten quite a bit of Black Widow in the What If series, which I have been very very happy to see. Yes, and then um, Shang Chi was uh, was a an amazing experience. So um, I've I've heard you talk about it with a few of your guests already. And I would just echo um, what they've said and what you've said already about just how how fresh it is and um, how um, it, it's to me is a very hopeful step forward. I've enjoyed the Disney Plus series. I enjoyed Black Widow, but this was this seemed different in terms of introducing a brand new character, but it's still set in our universe. But it includes things that are totally new. It's kind of amazing when I say it all out loud like that, but it's yeah. it's uh it's it's been it's been a good ride. I've only seen that one once also, but uh, I feel pretty good in saying it's it's up there in in terms of um enjoyment factor and and uh just beauty and um I'm a big fan of uh, martial arts films. I actually watched uh the new Mortal Kombat last night and I enjoyed it. Oh, <laughs> so I haven't seen that, that yet. That's, <laughs> it's 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 available again on on HBO. So um, it was better. It was definitely better than I was expecting. So I had very low, low expectations for that one. And I love, I just love the action. So um, Shang-Chi just blended story and mythology and MCU flair with character and um, really good martial arts that tells uh, stories. It reminded me of all my favorite martial arts movies from the past like 20 years or so like um, Hero and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and mm-hmm. Ip Man. I was really excited to see that. They, they worked really hard on, on making it authentic, but also kind of new. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to, <laughs> watching, yeah. watching all the great stuff that's coming. It's so true. And I'm curious about if you have a favorite episode of What If, because I know which one it's not. Because Funny. I, I listened to <laughs> your appearance on MCU Need to Know. So again, my friends uh, Trey and Jude over at MCU Need to Know. It's mm. it's through them that I got connected with you, friend Daniel. And uh, you were on their show for episode six, the Killmonger episode. And yeah. I won't put words in your mouth, but it seems like that episode didn't resonate with you as much. Do you want to just very briefly, this is not going to be a what if episode here tonight, but do you want to just very briefly <laughs> talk about maybe what didn't work for you about that one as compared to a standout favorite and what did work for you? Yeah. So um, let me see. A standout favorite would be the, the penultimate the penultimate episode what if Ultron won yeah really and and I watched that after so I enjoyed the Thor episode I know there's some polarization on that but I enjoyed it in like the most brainless way it's like a it's like a a really pointless story with a lot of gags yes and then that came right off the Killmonger episode which like I I I, I when I saw it the first time I was like fine it was it was enjoyable I love the Killmonger character when I watched it the second time and I, and it was, I watched it the second time to be on Trey and Jude's show and I started to pick it apart and it just didn't hold together as well as some of the other episodes. And it left me really feeling flat um, because I didn't really see any new directions for 
the Killmonger character. And there's a reason for that now um, mm. that I've seen the whole series. I mean, are you, is it okay if I talk about the, the, the season finale or? Yeah, you know, we're have recording. You, have you this. watched it? I've watched it, yes. Uh, only once. Okay, okay. We're recording this the day of the release of the season finale. I'll throw in a spoiler warning for the finale of What If. Okay. I just think I, I wrote I wrote this to, to, to Jude and Trey that um, after seeing the final episode of What If, it some of the things that I kind of was like, huh, about as I was watching the series makes sense. So Killmonger is a perfect example of that. There, there's an it's an episode and it's kind of contained, but then, then you see he is a, a central character to the Watcher's plan, like a really important character right. to the Watcher's plan, and it involves him being himself in a really profound way. And so, I, I, on the one hand, it's like, oh, that makes sense, and I see why it's 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 in there now, and so it kind of it kind of makes the story more coherent than it was on its own, but also it doesn't really save it for me in terms of like, it was still, I just didn't see him doing anything different than what he did before in, in his episode. Sure. So, uh, but you know, come to learn and, 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 you know, that's the same way for Captain Carter and Dr. Strange, who I think are two really good examples of, of really fresh takes that that play out in a cool way in the finale. So d- does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does make sense. I actually, you're helping me to kind of piece this together too, because when the Watcher was recruiting his If Avengers, as my guest Michael last week put it, I was <laughs> surprised to see Killmonger among his recruits. I thought when I yeah. saw the scene opening with Pepper and Shuri, I thought that maybe he was recruiting them. Um, so that yeah. took me by surprise a little bit. I was like, huh, why is he recruiting this this person here, this character who is known to be devious? But as you said, it's it sort of, the way that you just put it makes me kind of realize like, ah, okay, I, I sort of see the role that he was meant to play there on that team. Yeah. And Jude, Jude kind of jokingly wrote to me like, I wish they had recruited Loki instead of Thor because he's just not a fan of this Thor. <laughs> and I was like, he makes way, he makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- who he is and what you get from that episode and then why he's used and how he's used in, in, in the final episode makes perfect sense. And it's hilarious. So I thought that's, that's another example of where it worked well. I mean, I think it worked for, for Killmonger too. I just, his episode just didn't, it didn't resonate as well with me. And then um, all the episodes I thought were, I, I, I enjoyed them to varying degrees. I think the standouts for me are the, the Ultron episode, just the Hawkeye Black Widow stuff was so great. Yeah. And it's like, it just keeps making me think, we're not going to get any more of this live action. And it makes me sad. And then uh, I, I really enjoyed um, the, um, the Zombies episode. That's probably my favorite episode is the Zombies episode. Just super fun, fresh take on like zombies with superpowers. Hadn't thought of that, and uh, and it was really funny. And it balanced the the um, the humor, the dark humor, with the kind of emotional moments. You know, I always am a sucker for for Peter Parker, so that was a <laughs> uh, that was a uh, that's probably the standout for me. And then just Jeffrey Wright's 
you know, acting and the character of the watcher was, was a lot of fun and, and, um, it was great to see him take shape. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And thanks for, for sharing your, your quick thoughts on what if, as well as Hmm. the other installments that we've seen in phase four since last we spoke, I'm curious if you have any opinion on what phase four seems to be about in any type of larger thematic way. So you've, you've, uh, I, I already know what you said and I can't get it out of my head because it seems quite, quite coherent, which is about purpose. Um, because it, it's definitely, it's definitely connecting in, in most of the shows, uh, that we've seen so far asking who, who am I and why am I here? Shang-Chi really dramatizes that in a, in a, in a great way. It's really fresh in a way that that's done with the kind of dark and light sides of himself and what it means to, to integrate, uh, and, and be, be whole in that sense. Um, I thought that was really, really interesting. I'm still thinking about that. And, um, um, obviously Loki and, um, and his growth and, and, and then where that story's going in terms of, you know, introducing he who remains and, and whatnot. So there's that. Maybe it's a futile question to ask since phase four in a, in a way is really still in its youthful days. And, mm-hmm. Maybe we won't really have a sense of uh, an overarching connecting thematic thread until we've seen all of it. But yeah, um, and this kind of gets into you know up the upcoming question. But I really I think that the Eternals is going to be is is big. Like Spider Man is going to be big in the imaginations of of the fans. Like that's the fan service right there. It's you got Strange and Spider Man doing the multiverse and you got doc ock it's like mm-hmm. it's like all this fan service and it's like this is going to be great and we, we it's going to blow our minds and that's awesome the eternals is like what yeah. and, and you got who to direct it this like mm-hmm. award-winning director auteur director who like has visions and like you know i'm i'm wondering what this is going to be Besides just another superhero movie, right? Because it's not just going to be another superhero movie. So I know I'm getting ahead of I'm getting ahead of our outline, but that's I'm looking to that to to give me some insight into Phase Four in terms of um the big a a big story besides the multiverse because I think that's a big part of it. Right, multiverse. No, I think that's a great point. I I think that the Mm. Eternals story is going to be something that I, I like what you said, like not just a, a superhero story in in that you know i think i know what you mean by that and that it seems to be something of of epic proportions right it seems to yeah. be dealing with like a, a sort of grecian or roman gods and goddesses sort yes. of of deal and i too am very much looking forward to meeting those characters and seeing how they play a role in this and i think you're right i think the fan base has really directed a lot of the hype and a lot of the speculation towards Spider-Man No Way Home, understandably. But we've got this really big movie coming out in just about a month, and I think it's going to surprise us in ways where we're not expecting. I I mean, I am setting my expectations high Mm. because it's... I remember having similar feelings, and this is a totally different 
thing. But like, I remember having similar feelings about Guardians of the Galaxy. I remember, you know, back in 2014 or whenever it came out, just being like, I saw a preview and I'm like, what is this? Like, why, why did they make this? Why did they make this? Do we like, what does this even have to do with anything that we've seen already? And it was just bizarre. And then I saw the movie and I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is just totally blew up what we could, you know, before that we had all these great movies, but they were, they were of a piece. It was like, it followed superheroes, you know, doing superhero things that were, you know, tied to their unique personalities, you know, and you had Thor and Iron Man and, and, and Captain America, and you had some really great installments. You had Avengers, you had Winter Soldier. And then with Guardians, it would just totally blew the blew the lid off and said, look, we can do some we can do some really crazy stuff here. And not just in terms of storytelling, but in terms of using music and comedy. And and it just it really it really um surprised me. And so I I have this I have similar feelings going into Eternals, like what why are they making this? Right. And what is it going to do? What is it going to be? It's got that level of, of excitement. The multiverse thing is, is it's not an idea. It's more like um, a story, a story structure. Like right. we're going to have multiple stories and it's all going to be confusing and who knows where it's going to go. Um, I guess Eternals presents a more cerebral possibilities mm. for, 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 uh, for, for storytelling. Whereas the multiverse is just like, plurality and and um the stakes kind of ramp up and we've seen it already you know we saw it with loki we're seeing it with what if there's allusions to it very clearly in spider-man and obviously in the next doctor strange movie so i feel like that's it's kind of more in your face and we're being kind of warmed up to it right. whereas eternals is is i don't know i don't know how, where where that plays you know it's like is it just a bigger badder thanos you know like uh <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, because that would be boring. <laughs> so right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, I'm picturing now the huge robotic looking yeah. bad guy looking thing from the trailer. And we're talking about Eternals. I, I the Eternals theatrical trailers, I have seen a whole lot <laughs> because since June, I've been going to the movies a whole lot. And I think <laughs> I want to say, even before Black Widow, I think maybe Fast and Furious 9, I think that was the first time I saw the Eternals trailer on the big screen. Um, Family. I think, yeah, (laughs) family. Family and Corona. So that's to say that I I had also watched the Eternals trailer when it first dropped. I had watched it online. But I've seen the theatrical trailers many times. As you know, I've been going to the MCU movies many times. I saw Venom a couple times. So I feel like I'm way more familiar with the Eternals trailer than I have been with many trailers in the past. I felt this way about Shang-Chi too. I saw that trailer a whole Mm -hmm. lot in the theater. And there have been times in the past that I purposely avoided trailers. But I have to say, I mean, it's just in this era that we're in, it's so exciting to be back at the movie theaters that I've kind of given in and I've found myself in a different place in how I'm, I'm relating to it. And so I'm not avoiding the trailers before the movies air. But personally, what I haven't done is get into the YouTube videos or the podcasts that do trailer breakdowns or search for Easter eggs. That's kind of that's kind of my line because some of those folks are huge fans and they're so observant 
And their speculation is so educated that I'm yeah. wary of accidentally spoiling myself or just having too many preconceived ideas of, of what I'm going to see. So I'm curious to hear more about your feelings on speculation in general and how you approach trailers. So I didn't really have to come up with thoughts about how I think about trailers and, and stuff until I started really listening to um, y'all's podcast and, um, you know, MC, you need to know and, and your podcast. And I really started to, to think about how, cause I, I kind of had a, an ethic, but um, I didn't hold to it too well. And sometimes I would spoil stuff. And I realized um, as I was getting more back into fandom, um, I needed to have some rules. And so for the most part, I've allowed myself to watch the teaser trailer. And then um, I would probably not watch the final trailer, which is kind of the extension. And then I would avoid like the plague, the TV spots, because yes. those are just, they, those just show you everything. And they also spin that they usually spin it in a way that just doesn't have anything to do with the, sh with the, the, the content. They just, like do whatever they need to do. Like, oh, we're gonna make people think it's a rom com, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna put it put it that. My my favorite example of this is the movie Fight Club. There, because I I, I own the DVD and the, the um the uh the, the ads are in the special features, okay. and so you have like the regular trailer, but then there's a couple of spots where they totally make it like a love story, which <laughs> is a part of the story, but it's a very small part right, of the story, right. and they just totally make it seem like the whole story is about you know, um, Tyler Durden and Helen Bonham Carter's character and like this love story that they have. I'm like, that's like a fraction of this. Like if someone goes into that theater thinking that they're going to see that, they're going to be really disappointed. Yes, so, that's hilarious. so I avoid the, the longer trailers, but for some, for some, I can't like, like the, the Spider-Man trailer, I could not resist. I, I was staying away from the Eternals trailers, but then I went to see Shang-Chi right. and they forced me to watch it. So I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll watch it. Um, and then Hawkeye TV shows are different. Um, that's it's, I imagine it's going to be eight, six or eight episodes. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much material. They, what they usually do is they usually sample the first episode and make it seem like it's going to be a lot longer. And so you're, you're not actually spoiling much because they, they don't have to, they really just need to whet your appetite with the first, with the first, um, mm -hmm. The first episode. That's that's kind of that's kind of what they did with Loki, right? Um, and then as far as the speculation, I love watching Easter egg analysis of the episodes, but not really the trailers for the same reason that you said that they're really perceptive people and they notice things that like I was like I don't want to know that because then my brain goes into story efficiency mode and I sure. start ruling stuff out and I start thinking like, okay, that means that this is probably going to happen. And I just, I prefer to let, let the experience happen and just be kind of surprised by it or, or, or whatever. So I think you, me and Jude and Trey are kind of on the same page about stuff like that. Yeah. But if you, if you're constantly going to movies now, um, it's hard to stay away. From, from those longer trailers and, and, uh, and, uh, oh, well, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's different, you know, and I, my, my experiences and my thoughts have evolved as I've been doing the podcast too, right? So maybe in the past, I would have avoided things more, but doing the podcast makes me more tapped into 
the fandom side of things and the discussion side mm-hmm. of things. So I'll I'll let people know if I start to teeter over the edge into wanting to do my own Easter egg hunts and, and trailer breakdowns. I don't see myself uh, getting interested in doing that work myself. And and I do, you know, sometimes after a movie has come out, I'll look at those videos and um, and enjoy what those people are doing. But as we said, they're kind of just too good about it. Uh, so I don't I don't want to have those preconceived notions going in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we did talk a little bit about Eternals already, and you spoke a little bit about the high expectations that you have for it. If we pretended that we had a, a hype meter, <laughs> how, how would this rate for you? So I have high expectations because, because of who's directing it mm-hmm. and um, because uh, it's just so, you know, I watched an episode of, of Inhumans, you know, that was bad. <laughs> and I'm like, You're, y'all are trying it again. And I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little um, surprised. And I'm, I'm really, I've, 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 there's been a lot of success with, with the MCU, even in movies that I think ultimately fall flat. Um, there's still a lot of redeeming qualities to them. And so I'm willing to, to either let it slide or just enjoy it and whatever, you know, the biggest, the biggest example is this. I, I I recently rewatched in the preparation for Loki. I rewatched the Thor movies, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, the Dark World's not great." Uh, well, no, I'll say like there are problems with it, but there's there are so many good things about it that I feel like, um, man, if they could have just gotten X or X, Y, and Z right, it would have been it would have been really good. So I think they've they've they have that the the Kevin Feige and the team have taken story seriously and really try to make it good. And, yeah. and it's not just, um, you know, pushing the right bu- buttons on a blockbuster that's going to make a lot of money. It's like, we want a good product here that's going to last. In, in terms of hype, I would say it's in a different category okay. because it's so weird. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited about it because of the director, because it's such a weird idea. The runtime is it's long. Oh yeah. And that just, that tells me that they're they're giving her a long leash to 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 work, and I think that that's a good sign because they let um, Taika Waititi do that. Mm-hmm. They give him a long leash, and look what we got. Yeah. You know, so so I mean, I'm 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 uh, I'm getting more excited about it. And if it turns out to be disappointing, then it was a fun experiment, and I'm glad that they went for it. Now. In terms of hype, Spider-Man, <laughs> that's off the charts. Yeah. Should we talk about <laughs> that's Spider-Man like, that's next? Like, that's, yeah. Cause like <laughs> in, just because I'm, I feel like I've said everything I can say about the eternal, yep. but in contrast, Spider-Man is just, the hype is off the chart. So not even Almost on the meter. like, I'm like, oh God, it's just like off the meter. <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of have to step back because I got totally into the speculation of like, you know, who's going to be in it? Are they going to get Toby? Oh, is that, is he wearing, there's one Easter egg breakdown that looked at his suit. Like Jude sit around this meme that was like comparing the suit he was wearing to the suit that, um, was it, was it Andrew Garfield or Tommy McGuire? I think it was Tommy McGuire was wearing in in his movies. And it's like, what does this mean? And, and I just get like, I get stressed out and I'm like, we don't know. 
what it means until it happens so like you can speculate all you want and it's like oh it just makes me crazy you know i I gotta ask you and you even alluded earlier in our discussion where you were talking about what if zombies uh a a soft spot for lack of a better term that you have for peter parker what is your relationship to spider-man oh yeah so i i read some of the comics in high school i when it came to marvel i i liked x-men but I, I definitely identified with Peter Parker and I loved um, his, his, like I said, his Venom run, the Secret Wars, and then, you know, the black costume and then Venom and then uh, the Carnage storyline. But then I kind of, I kind of abandoned that. Um, I see the X-Men and Spider-Man movies as like the templates in the early 2000s for like the, the next, for the new phase of like, Marvel movies. It was like yes. it was it was like before that it was Batman and mm-hmm. those were the movies for me and then X-Men came out and then Spider-Man Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out. Those are excellent movies. Yes. Spider-Man 2 is an excellent movie. Um it's the best one of, of the of the 3. I don't really want to talk about the third one. <laughs> you can check Twitter for our interaction on on that one. That's right. Um it 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 just goes too far. You know, well, okay. So my my two biggest problems with it are um, it's 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 goofy without it it lets itself get too goofy and um, but you're not sure if it's intentional. Well, it just doesn't rein it in well. It doesn't Mm. fit it in well. And then the other problem with that movie is it's just too many characters. There's just way too many characters. Uh, So if they had pared that down a little bit, I think it would have been it would have been better. Um, It suffered from the same. Same story, kind of the same story mess as uh, X3 or The Last mm-hmm. Stand, which was terrible. It's just trash. Um, I, I say that like as a huge X-Men fan, like X2 is X2 is one of the best comic book movies made, in my opinion. Like it's right up there with like uh, Dark Knight. I love X2. Um, and and then, I love Spider-Man too. Yeah. So Spider-Man is great. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I actually did see both of those. And um, knowing that they were making those just to hold on to the property, right? I mean, it, it just—I oh, yeah. don't—I didn't really understand why they were making them. And um, I like Andrew Garfield as an actor. Didn't like him so much as Peter Parker, you know. And that's in contrast to Tom Holland, which was very fresh, mm-hmm. plugged into the MCU. I felt like Andrew Garfield's Spider- Spider-Man just, the first one was good. The second one was really not good. It just was not a good movie. And uh, it's too bad because the source material it was using was solid. So um, that, that made me, that made me kind of sad. I still have not actually seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2, believe it or not. And <laughs> I saw The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, in the movie theater when it came out. And I have not seen it since. But I'm working my way through a mega Spider-Man rewatch. I rewatched the Raimi trilogy over the past couple of days, which is why I took to Twitter about Spider-Man 3, which I agree with your critiques. But then there were also things about it that I appreciated way more on this rewatch than I had given it credit for before. Mm -hmm. But all that being said, I'm going to go through and rewatch everything uh, or, as I said, watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 for the first time before No Way Home comes out or really before I do a, a mega podcast episode all about spider-man which will be coming up next month but yeah that's a great idea yeah 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 i'm very much looking forward to it and i won't announce who i'm having as guest yet but i think it's going to be i think it's gonna be fun 
And, you know, knowing that mm. that you have been a fan of Spider-Man back to reading the comics and before all of those other movies came out, you said that Tom Holland felt fresh in the role, but when Homecoming and Far and then later Far From Home came out, what did you think of those movies? Like, where do Homecoming and Far From Home rank for you in the MCU? Oh, very high. Um, those are those are excellent movies. First of all, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is is exactly kind of what I'd want from a Peter Parker today. Um, mm-hmm. He's an actual teenager. He actually makes terrible decisions and has to deal with the consequences. Whereas Tobey Maguire was older and he was more reacting to things. Things happened and you have to at- react to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home. He makes decisions and it's like, here's what would happen if you gave a kid like <laughs> like a, 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 a satellite spy <laughs> system that can blow up people. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And um, and bad things happen. Um, hijinks ensue. So um, I, I love the uh, the banter. I love the fresh takes on all the characters. And I'm very excited to see how they how they move forward with the story, um, given that they are, they're going full on Dr. Strange mm-hmm. and, and weaving with they're weaving those two stories together, which I think is great. I think they've had a lot of success with that, with other characters, and they seem to be moving in that direction for, you know, in, with, with different, with different, um, characters. So, you know, with Dr. Strange and, and, um, and Wanda. And, and so I think that, um, back to homecoming far from home, they are, they are both, really tight stories. They have great villains, which, you know, maybe, maybe six years ago, it was fair to say that the MCU quote struggled with villains. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think you can very clearly point to really solid, good villains who are either antagonists, like in Loki, Sylvie was a great antagonist, which then developed into a more complicated thing. And uh, Loki himself was a villain antagonist hero, you know? And so, and in Thanos, we've talked about, you know, his, his he's he is a villain, he's an antagonist, but he's also the 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 main uh character of the story of Infinity War. So I mean, it's it's um I think Marvel's definitely received that that feedback and it has gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. Um and now you see Killmonger, we've seen the uh father from Shang-Chi, and so Homecoming Far From Home are are just a piece of that. So you had you know, Vulture, who's a great character Love and Vulture. was folded in at the end in a really powerful, powerful mm-hmm. way. And then um, in Far From Home, it, it, it makes me sad that that, um, that Mysterio's gone because he was great. Um, also loved he, was, he was a great character, great actor, great character, really funny and, and twisted. So, yeah. yeah and I then, love the and performative then, aspect of Mysterio. Yeah, he's all about show. He's he's always thinking about. Um, he's just so manipulative, um, and you really believe him at the beginning as a kind of quasi Stark father figure, and and Peter just eats it up, and then you realize it's all complete. It's completely fabricated. So yeah, there's just there's just so many great great moments. Yeah, yeah, and I I think looking at just the the Spider-Man trilogy within the MCU. I think to your point, both Homecoming and Far From Home have strengths uh, that are specific to those two films. The villains yeah. are particularly strong. The this 
idea of, of not quite being sure if you can believe what you see, I think is great. It's going to lead us into No Way Home in mm. a really great way. And I'm what I'm hoping from No Way Home is an entry that serves as a cohesive part to the whole that is the MCU Spider-Man trilogy to this point that fits within the MCU. And sure, as a fan of the character and as a fan of earlier iterations of the character, as a fan of all things kind of meta, uh, I'm excited to see Doc Ock and and perhaps Green Goblin and and all of the other characters uh, Mm -hmm. that people speculate Mm -hmm. might be in this. Uh, That would be great. But I'm also... First and foremost, I think that the role this movie needs to play is a role in MCU Spider-Man verse. And and yeah. I, I think it's going to. I, I think it's it's going to to pull it off. My expectations are quite high and my hype, like you, is is quite high. I'm curious about what you don't want to see in this Spider-Man movie. Um I don't want to see just a, a kind of flat affirmation of Look, all these other movies are part of the universe right? because of the multiverse. I think that's lazy. You, We kind of, so there were hints of that um, when, you know, Evan Peters showed up in WandaVision and people were like, look, mm-hmm. it's going to be real. And I'm like, no, let them stay over there. They were their own thing. But, but I might be, I might be disappointed because Doc Ock's appearance kind of makes it <laughs> unavoidable. You know, like, are, are are we to just assume that he is the same Doc Ock from that reality? I just think it, it gets it gets confusing. Right. And um, I don't want the desire to canonize past iterations to undercut story. Well said. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does. You know what I mean? I like, exactly I just, I, I want... Yeah, I, I, it's like it's fine if it's the real Doc Ock, but I don't want to get bogged down in, you know, setting the story straight. You know, it, it was it's kind of like um, with Endgame and the time travel stuff, and it's like, what happened to Steve? And like, what about his timeline? And he came back and was it closed off? And I was like, it's just just go with the emotional beat. He yeah. got his Peggy, and he got to pass the shield, and we can just breathe like we don't have to be able to explain everything i don't know maybe we do um (laughs) or you can exploit things like loki you know and 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 i'm fine with that but but um i I always want it to be in service to the story hey i am all for bring night bring in nightcrawler bring in magneto bring in you know bring in the 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 x-men oh yeah um and 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 i am all for that but it's got to serve the story um, and I, I, I'm pretty, I, I think it will. I, I definitely think it will. My, my bigger question now. So like, I, I remember like a month ago or whatever, I was really vested in these conversations about, you know, is, is Andrew Garfield going to be a Toby McGuire? You know, Doc Ock is there. Are they going to get, um, Willem Dafoe, which is great, you know? Uh, but now I'm like, is Dr. Strange, is, are we going to see Supreme Strange? Are we going to see the, the, the what if strange? Are we going to see any of these characters? in real life that gets me excited and uh i think it probably is a genuinely open question right now because we've seen them for the first time they've played in a story that story is kind of you know finished for now you know are and and so the question is can we can we imagine a future where there's there's a captain carter 
and that's an actual story, you know, can we imagine a, you know, these characters interacting? So, um, and then, um, you know, and so, and so when I think about No Way Home, I think about Doctor Strange. I just rewatched the trailer before starting the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then again, I'm like, I'm like, this is wrong. Like, this is just not make sense. You know, my wife reminded me that, um, that, um, he was, he was, uh, a rule breaker. He, he, when he was training That's true. to be, yeah, he was just all over the place, breaking rules, reading books he wasn't supposed to, getting the time stone and met, messing with stuff. And so maybe it's not, maybe it's not, Tara. Here's my hot take. Maybe <laughs> it's not so crazy to think that it is our Stephen Strange who is playing, you know, playing fast and loose with the multiverse. Um, that's I don't an know. interesting point. So, that's an interesting point because yeah. I think so many of us went to, ah, this seems out of character, right? So many of us oh, went to, mm-hmm. oh, this is probably not our strange, but maybe Occam's razor, right? Like <laughs> simplest explanation it is. And then like, it's classic Peter, right? To like ask for something and then wait, wait no, too, too late. Get it. No take back. So, um, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think, um, I, you know, identity will be a part of it. If if we follow the the the, the storyline based on the suggestions in the trailer, we can imagine like maybe the world doesn't know who Spider Man is, or doesn't know that Peter Parker is Spider Man, and so he'll have to kind of relive that whole experience again now that he's older. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so so there's room for more explanation, uh, more more exploration for who Peter is and you know who Spider-Man is which is always which is always great for a for a Spider-Man story. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I'm looking forward to seeing Spider-Man continuing his, his journey of figuring out his place in the world and and growing up mm. really, you know, obviously mm-hmm. so much has happened to him since you know going from Homecoming to Far From Home, Homecoming yeah. Endgame Far From Home being blipped in infinity war, you know, this kid's been through a lot and you see it in far from home. And you also see some of the optimism and innocence that he holds on to. And they, they Mm -hmm. touched on in that and what if as well. So I'm definitely excited to, to see, to see where they go with Peter Parker's storyline. And I don't expect to, to see him jaded or haggard or, Christian Bale's Batman growing a beard or or something, you know, like in the shadows anytime <laughs> soon. But and I'm not saying I would like that dark and gritty Peter Parker anyway. Um, but I do think it'll be interesting to see how they do show him grow up a little bit and, and yeah. change in a necessary type of way. While I'm I'm sure and I hope holding on to what makes Peter Parker Peter Parker. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um, I think. There's going to be some real opportunities for, for some seeing him in in, in new context, in more grown up context. Because definitely homecoming and Barbara home, he's a kid. They're pressing that, mm-hmm. but a, like like a lot has changed. He lost someone really close to him. His his father figure, his mentor, his like idol. So we'll see. And then then I, I like the transposing Tony to Strange. I thought that was funny. And it's kind of captured in their banter. He's like, oh, he's like, he's like, we saved the world together. I think we're beyond, <laughs> we're beyond titles. And so he calls him Steven. He's like, 
I think it's weird, but I'll go with it. <laughs> it's awkward, but we'll go. But we'll go with it. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I love how so, Peter Parker um, is always. He's eternally searching for an older man with a beard, <laughs> like an older man with a goatee, <laughs> to be his father figure. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, an exceptionally powerful older, yes. yeah, older man is <laughs> with question with questionable uh, impulse control. Yeah, there's you know, that too. Um, it may, might not be the best role model for for a for a kid, but yeah. So so I'm I just I just love Tom Holland. He's also a tremendous actor. He really gets he gets me excited um, to watch him. I just I love like just the basic like oh. Strange and Spider-Man, you know, you like take Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and mix them up together and see what you get. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I like, uh, I like, I like seeing that. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I feel like you can do that with other, with other, um, properties, you know, we'll like, you know, we'll see in Thor, like, it's going to be weird. You know, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to see, um, Doctor Strange's movie. So I'm just, uh, I like, I feel like, as a as a um as a writing team they're taking more risks and i i saw that with um wandavision and to some extent falcon winter soldier and um loki and and that got me really excited and i think that we're going to continue to see that yeah um in in the films and i'm okay with that i'm okay with um moving on and exploring new 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 realms or new new boundaries pushing beyond uh what's what's normal so yeah otherwise th- th- you know a-, a thought crossed my head while we were talking i was looking at the list of things we're supposed to talk about and i'm so <laughs> amazed that i'm 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 excited about this stuff even though it's it's i'm 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 a little concerned about fatigue because there's been a lot you know, it like when WandaVision started, we were starved for content. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like Loki, Black Widow, what if, Shang-Chi. Now like a month later, it's gonna be Eternal Hawkeye, Spider-Man. It's just crazy how much it's coming at us. It's gonna so keep going. I'm I'm uh yeah. So I'm like, okay, like take a breath here. What how, <laughs> how are we doing? <laughs> well, let's briefly touch on Hawkeye. As you said, you know, obviously there's something different about watching a trailer for a movie versus watching a trailer for one of the shows. But I have to say mm-hmm. that I got so excited for the trailer for Hawkeye. Everything about it, the the Christmas setting, seeing the like um, the slowed down version, they start to play of It's the Most Wonderful Time and yes. Marvel Studios <laughs> with the purple bullseye and the snow. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'm in. It's Christmas in New York and this is a Hawkeye story. <laughs> here we go. So I'm quite excited about the Hawkeye series. Very much here for the holiday season feel to it and i am excited to see this character back in the mcu and see what they do now having read matt fraction's hawkeye i'm very very excited to see how the show uh, seemingly at least from the trailer is going to capture the spirit of that comics run even if even if uh it doesn't really follow it beat by beat so i'm excited for that and i'm just kind of curious what are your feelings on Hawkeye in the MCU or in any comics knowledge you have on him and what you're expecting for the show. I have zero comic knowledge of him. Um, y'all been talking about this, this, um, this story. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to go read it. I, I, I only learned from your, from, was it Mav? Uh, who's talking about how, yes. um, how Hawkeye, 
the character of Hawkeye is totally different in the comics. He's like kind of a deadbeat dad. He's like he's great at shooting arrows, but he's kind of he's like opposite of who Clint is in the MCU. Am I right about that? At least in Fractions, Hawkeye. I don't think he has kids, but okay. Um, but both Mav and Kristen, a couple of my guests, have talked about this comics run, and they've talked about how yes, he's completely different in his characterization. That he's he's not the upstanding family man, right? Um, that he's more of like a, a bachelor type. And okay, what was interesting for me reading, and I I haven't read other comics versions of Hawkeye, but I just mm-hmm. like. I loved the story. I thought the story of um, My Life as a Weapon is the first volume. The second volume is called Little Hits. It's just so engaging to me. And mm-hmm. I love how they portray Hawkeye as this ordinary guy who gets really hurt. Like the first couple of frames in volume one <laughs> are showing how he's getting super injured and needs to go to the hospital and i like let's have some of that like like on his show you know what i mean like let's acknowledge the fact that he is human and he's gonna get beat up yeah and it's gonna make it all the more powerful when he still fights these fights anyway yeah like like uh i was talking about this with 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 my uh with my wife and she was like she was like he's got superpowers and i'm like he could shoot arrows and not miss but that's it so like he gets punched in the face I mean, he could be a tough guy or he could take a punch, but like, that's like a normal guy getting punched in the face and he's getting punched in the face by like Ultron or, you know, mm-hmm. name other super villain, you know, super power villain who's, who's punching him or kicking him. Um, so it, it, I, 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 I agree with you there. I had a similar reaction to you. I like that um, Marvel's leaning into a holiday theme. I think it's, um, I think it's time that they, that they start having a little fun like that. Yes. And, um, and that's all they need to do. You know, it's just like, that's, that's the shtick. And then we get to follow Hawkeye and, and, and um, Jeremy Renner. I, I think I said this on, on um, MCU need to know. I think Jeremy Renner is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. He's been a little under, underutilized in the MCU, which is fine because, you know, there are so many great actors uh, that are, that are there that you can't write them all. But um he was kind of the butt of, he was the Xander, right? Right, right, exactly. Those are your words, Tara. <laughs> um, he was the Xander of the of the team, and I'm I've seriously reconsidered all of this. Yeah. Um, just just based on how excited I am about this trailer and his contributions in What If. Yes. So so with those mm-hmm. two together, I feel like I I've been chastised. And I need to go back, and it makes me reevaluate the relationship between Cat, between um, Matt and 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 Clint. I'm much more appreciative of that. Yes. And um, I think he got he got the the crap end of the stick when he he he's basically evil for the for all the Avengers movie. Yes. You know, so so he's he's under the sway of Loki, which just sucks. Um, for his character, it was a great story, but but for his character, right? We didn't and get then, to um, them. no, and then and then, um, Age of Ultron. There were some, there were some. I think um, you were talking about it with your uh, your last guest about uh, coming to a better appreciation of that movie, mm-hmm. and um, I think that. So your guest said he weedened it, 
and and I I don't know if I agree. I think that Ultron, and this is just an interpretive. This is my interpretation, and we can ar- we can argue about it in 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 the in the you know internet. Is like I I think it's more that Joss had a vision, and there were there were forces without that were that were um, impeding his his ability to tell a coherent story, and um, maybe that's another way of looking at yeah, it. But no, maybe it was right. uh, it was it was Marvel going through growing pains, and the movie had to be bigger than what he needed it to be in terms of telling a story and so there were elements to it that just that just seemed at cross purposes or didn't work didn't work as as coherently because i agree with you i like i went back and rewatched that movie um more more recent like a, a, a little while ago and and it was like okay this isn't as bad as i remember there's some cringy parts and there are, and yes. yet it, there's still there's still a coherent story and so it made me wonder like what went wrong because there were movies before that that were very, very good and coherent. There were definitely movies after that that were very, very coherent. So it just made me think of like what what happened. Yeah, I you think know? you're onto something, and I, I think that there's echoes uh, in what you're saying of of other conversations I've had too. So it was me who said he weeded it on Trey and Jude's podcast, and I I <laughs> think yeah. So those were my words, but I think what I meant by good that God. was in terms of some of the moments of humor that didn't necessarily land that feels very very weed into me i think that you're really onto something in bringing up your other point which is something that one of my guests uh brought up recently as well which is to say that it seems like joss whedon was trying to lay the foundations for more of that found family kind of feel in introducing clint's farmhouse here and all of that which is stuff that i like and that as you're saying that seems to be at odds with something that the studio wanted. And I think specifically the studio wanted the storyline with Thor and kind of setting up the infinity stones and things like that, which maybe didn't fit as well. Yeah. So I, I think that that's, that's it's a good a little, perspective to put into it. It's a little Frankenstein. So yeah, we are, we are going to get to see him again. He's going to get his story. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm very much, very much looking forward to it. And it, and it speaks volumes to the MCU. It speaks volumes to what they did with this trailer and Renner and Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop and what we're expecting from the mm-hmm. show that people who didn't necessarily, weren't necessarily the biggest fans of Hawkeye in the past are, are pumped for the show. So it's going to be a very exciting yeah. couple of months here as we get into the last couple of months of 2021. <laughs> And of course, we also have announcements of films past the end of this year, namely Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder, which you already mentioned, coming up in March and May, respectively. Black Panther, The Marvels, Quantumania, Guardians 3, Fantastic Four. And then recently on top of that, Marvel added, Marvel Studios added one, two, three, four more untitled Marvel films for 2023 and into 2024. It seems like Blade, based on the release schedule for <laughs> India that accidentally came out that you and I were talking about earlier, wouldn't fall into one of those four slots because that was actually slotting it earlier. But I guess just really quickly, in those four slots, three or four slots, if you think one of them might go to Blade, what would you be hoping to see? Well, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. He better be in that. I just remembered that as you were saying, I was like, Oh yeah. Like there, he, he, he's getting a movie. Um, Blade, you said, I, I, I mean, I know it's only, 
Let's, that takes us out to 2024. Yeah. It's 2021. Uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi yes. sequel. That better be one of those movies. Um, maybe it's not. Is this all phase four technically? I don't know. D- d- does that designation even matter I anymore? Wonder. I wonder. Um, you know? So, and then how are they going to get us Lawrence Pugh back onto the big screen? Mm-hmm. I don't care how. It just needs it needs to happen soon. Yes. Sooner rather than later. She's a movie um, star. If it's the if if it's a thunder if it's a thunder thunder thunderbird thunderbolts name I don't know thunderbolts <laughs> or um, my comic knowledge is yeah when it comes to my, I was a DC guy so thunderbolts or the dark avengers oh I would love to see them yeah. I would love to see Zemo again you know Valencia de de la Fontaine yeah. she's so good so I feel like. It's got to include something, something in there. I, I, they're setting it up, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe they're concluding. Uh, so maybe so we've got um, Spider-Man: No Way Home, big big multiverse movie. Doctor Strange, perhaps will conclude that, or maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp is really the the true conclusion to that. You know, uh, yeah, I feel yeah. like, and then and then we've got. Secret Wars and oh, there's so much Tara. I can't right. Even, the list I, I have know. in front of me doesn't even know. have the shows. It's it's wild. One of the things I was hoping for, I mean, in addition to all of the potential projects you just mentioned, is a Scarlet Witch movie. And mm-hmm. I I think an idea mm. of what that might look like will make more sense after the Doctor Strange movie. But I would absolutely love to see a Scarlet Witch movie in the works coming up. I think that um, WandaVision is proof that she. She really, there's so much story there. I mean, we were basically, we, we basically worked through a, a, a major moment of grief for her in that series, right? So like that whole series was just about her losing vision and, and how to overcome that and, and, or, or, or accept it or whatever or not, you know, but just, and, and that's just that for her. I think there's, there's so much more Agreed. there. So I hadn't even thought of that. That gets me excited. Yeah. And Elizabeth Olsen has the star power too. So this brings us to a segment (laughs) that I'm going to call MCU Top Fives Continued because, you know, I recently did an MCU Top Fives episode. And so I'd like to hear from you about your Top Fives in the MCU. Before we transition into that, to wrap up our discussion about what we're looking forward to in the MCU before 2021 wraps up. Mm -hmm. I wanted us to go through and discuss our top five things we're looking forward to seeing. This could be big things like a particular movie overall or little things. And thinking about this now, I think this was you who suggested this actually (laughs) when we were coming up. I, I think it was you who suggested, oh, why don't we do a top five or a list of what we're looking forward to? So I, I have a list of five <laughs> five moments or interactions or things that I'm looking forward to seeing before the end of 2021. Do you have a list as well? Okay. I do. Okay, wonderful. Do you want to go one for one or do you want to start with your list? You go first and then I'll go. And if I have any doubles, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll signal that. I just won't talk about them. All right. I don't know if we'll have any doubles because I got just kind of specific and I got kind of kind of micro level with mine. 
So uh-huh, uh-huh. my number five thing that I'm looking forward to in the MCU before the end of 2021 is Rogers the Musical. <laughs> yes, which I think we're going to see. Like, we're going to see that. I'm really looking forward to it. Can't believe it's only number five. <laughs> These numbers are quite arbitrary. All right, what do you have? Mine are not in order. Mine are not <laughs> in any order. All right. I want to know, and, and I, I think this will, I think this will pay off because of Spider-Man, but I want to see Wong again. I think, yes. I think Wong is the new Coulson and Ooh, I'm feeling analogy. it. I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. I like that. He's, he's so good. So good. All right. Well, my next one, number four, if I'm counting down arbitrarily, but <laughs> my next one is I've, Heard the rumors, confirmation rumors. I'm not sure anymore that Florence Pugh will make an appearance in the Hawkeye show. Mm, I'm hoping this is true. Somewhere. I'm hoping this is true. And what I'm hoping specifically is an interaction between Clint and Yelena in which they talk about Natasha and they give her sacrifice and the weight that that it's due. I'd really love to see that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm moving him out of work because mine kind of sort of ties in with yours. So I am looking forward to some genuine dad moments for Clint. Yeah. Like some genuine, like down home, goofy, silly dad joke, something Clint moments. Cause he, he kind of had some, a little bit like really just humanized him in um, the Avengers movies. But uh, I feel like we're going to, there's some real potential there. Oh, to see some of that. It's going to be great. And an interaction with a dog as well, which if it's anything like the comics, that dog is great. Mm-hmm. All right. So what I have at number three is specific, is the interaction between Peter and Dr. Strange. We talked about that already, um, specifically mm-hmm. seeing what's going on with Dr. Strange. And again, the way that trailers are edited, it always leaves you guessing exactly how it's going to play out in the movie. So very much looking forward to seeing that interaction play out after months of speculation. In a similar vein, when it comes to the Spider-Man movie, are we going to see multiple Mm Spider-Mans or is that just Mephisto talk? Because there's been a lot of hype and a lot of talk and a lot of crosstalk and contradictions and what, you know, Andrew Garfield goes on. Hey, people are talking about this. They're going to be disappointed. You know, I like, I'm Jen. I'm like, are there, are we going to see some Spider-Mans or not? (laughs) And I know what I said before about like me not wanting to canonize the old movies, but I don't care. I think that would be, (laughs) I think it would be fun and interesting. Totally. So what I have as my number two thing I want to see is figuring out who the heck the Eternals really are and the (laughs) excitement of seeing a new ensemble cast like you were saying kind of comparably Mm -hmm. to the guardians right here's an entirely new ensemble cast finding out who is going to be my new favorite of that group and just kind of falling in love Mm -hmm. falling in love with another new world um much like with the world of shang chi yep so that was actually one of mine that i just deleted because i feel like i talked about it a lot (laughs) um before but i said this is what I wrote. I ge- I'm genuinely excited for Eternals, given the complex history, the connection to the eugenics, the fact that the yeah. Oscar-winning director, um, they seem to have given her a long leash and that usually worked out well, like with the Russo brothers yeah. and Taika Waititi. Like, there's some good track records there, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and I'll echo what you said about the ensemble cast. It's like, what's what are we getting? There's some really good actors there. 
are they one-offs? Is this, is this a one shot, you know, yeah, like just know. a big one shot or, or is this something with deeper resonances? So. Absolutely. And then what I put as my number one favorite thing that I'm looking forward to finding out how many times I'm going to point at the screen like Leo DiCaprio in the meme during No Way Home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very nice. So I have two more. One's an honorable mention. Okay. The, 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 the honorable mention is, is that um, we better see a live action Jeffrey Wright as yeah. the watcher. Um, I would very much like to see that. And then I am, I am most excited. Oh, so you said before the end of 2021. So then this one doesn't count. So maybe we're not going to get the watcher. Um, I think that would be really cool because the what if series really fleshed that out. Maybe it's a glimpse, but then um, this, I know this doesn't apply to 2021, but I wrote on my list anyway. And then I'm very excited about Kang. I'm very excited about his performance and seeing what he does with the character, given that what we saw in Loki was, kind of its own thing and that character that iteration of Kang is gone now and so whoever we see in the future is someone new so I'm very excited to see what he does with that great point yeah absolutely there's so much oh my goodness we're gonna have to talk again at the end of December mm-hmm. or something like we'll, we'll go over our list again. it's gonna look insane <laughs> um, yep <laughs> so that was fun and of course since you're here Ever since I realized I was going to have you on again, I was like, all right, we need to hear your five favorite characters and your five favorite movies in the MCU overall, because okay. after I did that episode, now I'm going to ask everybody who I who I speak with. So let's look at characters first. Who are, who are five standout characters to you? So in no particular order, in no particular order, I'll, I'll start from the bottom of my list. So I wrote from the top down and I'll just say like, okay, this is probably my top because of, you know the order I thought of them in. But so at the bottom was Dr. Strange. I just love his story arc. I love his, his, um, his connection to the metaphysical. Um, and I love his, um, his, his humor and the actor plays him so well. Um, even though he's got an American accent, it's yeah. believable, I guess. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and, and I'm excited to see kind of where he goes. The next one, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man fantastic character one of the best in the MCU I think is is just um, kind of caught me by surprise I guess because I was like they just made Spider-Man movies why are we doing more um, how is this going to be new how is it going to be fresh totally yeah. kind of you know floored by that bowled over by that number three is um, and these I was trying to recall what I wrote on your on your Instagram question. I don't know if you can see it, but I, I couldn't go find it. I don't know. So, um, but I definitely know I mentioned Nebula yes, as one of my favorite characters. I, I love that actress. Um, got to know her on Doctor Who as Amy Pond, Karen, Karen Gillian. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the reason why I think Nebula is fun is because her, so she's super funny, but it's because she's playing the deadpan. So every time there's humor when she's involved, she's she's playing the humorless one right. and it's people reacting to her that makes it funny and i think that's not easy to do um so I, I i like that about her i like how instrumental she is and the the growth that she goes through um 
that's the sacrifices that she makes. Um, I love a, a sister sister relationship. You don't see that often. You saw with we we've gotten like, can we think of others besides her? And then we've got Yelena and, and Natasha. Are there others? I don't think so. That's like a real. That's a that's a really that's a real thing. Um, I like that. For number my number two, uh, I've got Bucky. I think he's a. I, I kind of favor the dark characters who went through lots of transitions. I guess. Um, you know, you've got Strange, you've got Nebula, you've got Bucky. I love them in Falcon and the, and the Winter Soldier. I loved his um, the exploration of his psyche and uh, accepting his friend's his friend's loss and uh, kind of learning who he is. And then my number one is uh, Loki. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna guess that he's got it all. And um, I really I really think that um, if they hadn't done the Loki series, he still would he still would play pretty big in my, in my mind. He's just mm-hmm. was such an instrumental character and, um, and super fun and funny and always, always good to, um, to really catch you by surprise. But then the, the, the Loki series Hiddleston's performance and the writing um, and the, uh, the, the, the twists and turns that that, that that story took really, really grabbed my imagination. So I, I, He's up there for me. I'm so glad that we're going to get another installment and that we will probably see him in other Marvel, you know, Marvel, other, other Marvel stories like, yeah. you know, Dr. Strange or, or, or Thor or something. But I don't know at this point, if we need a Loki movie, that might just be, you know, too, too much candy uh, <laughs> after Halloween. But, but I mean, we're getting another Loki um, series. And if you get one season, why not? If you get two seasons, why not three? So I mean, it, we'll, we'll yeah. just we'll see uh, if they can sustain that story. I'm uh, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and so I those are my top characters. There, that's a wonderful list, and I, I think uh, it, it's always cool to see overlap with other with other people. I think you and Trey are the only people I talked to who had Spider Man in the top five. I think Spider Man is character lit. Everybody loves, but then you haven't talked, necessarily. You haven't but, talked to Jude. Well, you haven't talked to Jude yet. Then. Jude hasn't. No, we haven't <laughs> had the conversation with Jude. I yeah. know that Jude's five characters and five movies are just Spider-Man listed five times each. So, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love your additions of Nebula and Bucky as well here. Um, all right. So thanks for sharing that. That's fantastic. And of course, I also want to hear your top five favorite movies in the MCU. So favorite movies, um, and um, including. Disney Plus. It's funny how how I how I thought about these. So I think most of these are my top movies because they're mine. I'm not going to argue that they're the best, but they are the. I mean, some of these are the best. Like they really are the best. But I, I, they're intensely personal for me. So my first number five is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, mm-hmm. and that that's because I, I said it already. And as I was contrasting my feelings towards Guardians of the Galaxy before it came out and, and the Eternals, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, that that movie totally blew my mind. It just, and it, it, I think this is most people's experience. Um, and there are those who will argue that, you know, story, in terms of its story, it kind of, kind of was kind of loose and maybe volume two was a more coherent story um, in terms of the, the father figure versus the actual father and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that coming together. I see those arguments, but in terms of its impact on me when I was watching 
that movie is remarkable. The yeah. soundtrack, the, the humor, the, the ensemble, it's just like, what is this? Like, what is this movie? Where the heck did it come from? Um, blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind. So that's my number five is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Number four is Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And um, that that for, for a while was my number one movie because it's, um, I think I wrote it to you, but it's it's like the platonic form of an MCU movie. Yes. Like it's the, <laughs> it's like a perfect movie. It's like, it's got everything. It's got a a compelling villain, a a wonderful cast, um, a, 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 an extremely charismatic, very, uh, uh, like he's an alluring character of, of Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman playing that character. It just draws you in. Um, the story and, and all the interplays, it's commentary on race and, and the, the way that it, it, it projects a, a, a hopeful um, reality for, for, um, for African-Americans and just weaving in the, the stories of racism, but also of, of, um, of celebration of, of yeah. culture. I think it's a tremendous movie and the affirmation of a spiritual realm that is, that is not just another place where superheroes play like in Dr. Strange, there is the spiritual slash metaphysical realm, but it's just another place where people have fights. You know, it's not really, it's not really the afterlife. It's not really the spiritual realm. It's just a place where we have more fights. Whereas in, in black Panther where the, where you meet, and I can't remember the name of the, of the, the, the divinity, but the black Panther, do you remember its name? Uh, Bastard, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, there is a there is a god, and that is where their ancestors reside. And um, it's it, he has conversations with. It's just it's just the whole it's this whole picture there. You have his um, his uh, the the um, the, uh, the 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 all the tribes uh, come together. It's just it's amazing. So yeah. there's Black Panther. That's um, beautiful. I yeah. I never. <laughs> fully considered it in that way that that's the only film in which we see that type of spiritual realm really really interesting i might be wrong i I think i could be wrong i think you're right yeah and regardless if if any other one is alluded to it certainly doesn't stand out as much as that one or play as much of a pivotal mm -hmm. role yeah i mean there is the soul stone and there is the you know thanos making the sacrifice um and so there's the, the the affirmation of of invisible realities like love mm-hmm. as being real and, and impactful in the world. Um, however, tragically, this was a, a place, you know, where he went and, and it's like, it's, it's very, it's very um, nebulous and, 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 and unclear, but even Asgard, I mean, like the, the, uh, the, the Norse gods were gods, but in this, in this galaxy, they're just really powerful beings that live, in another part of the galaxy right. and they kind of control it. But, so they're not gods in, in the metaphysical, in the, in the theological sense, they're just right. really strong beings. Right. So, um, so I'm always kind of on the lookout for, for, for that. Fascinating. Okay. My next one, my next three are, I mean, okay. I'm not going to put this as my number one. So I, I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'm going to shift. I'm shifting as we speak. Okay. So number three is Captain America, the winter soldier, Okay. which Duh. Um, yep. <laughs> it's just like, I, 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 I saw that, um, I went and rewatched it again. It's just so good. It's like so everything good. about it is so good. Like 
like like I forgot about the okay a Steve had never met Natasha right they would have met in Avengers they met in Avengers oh no but they but they they like so their their relationship is so fun it's and so like good. and yeah and it's like she he's Steve and so they're both learning to be each other around them as trusted friends mm-hmm. and it's so good and then um and then introduce that so so I'm, I'm just thinking about the theme of friendship in that episode in that in that um installment because bucky is so important mm-hmm. in that story and steve's relationship there so you've got sam natasha and bucky um i've never thought about the, the movie this way so i need to go back and think about it so I need to think about friendship in Captain America and the Winter Soldier because I think it's really it, it it's playing underneath the the surface there. Yeah. I don't know if you've given given that any thought. Well, it, one of my favorite parts of the film is seeing Steve interact with those three other characters and seeing how they all play a different yeah role for him and in, in helping him figure out how to navigate this new world, which we didn't see as much of in Avengers because it's like okay, welcome back. Here's this big fight that you have to fight. And we see mm-hmm. some more of those quieter moments for Steve in, in thinking about his yeah. place in this new world in Winter Soldier. It, uh, Winter Soldier is so good in so many ways, but yeah. the, the supporting cast, right? The the people who he plays off of are incredible. And some mm-hmm. of my favorites, like Natasha, Nick Fury, Bucky, yeah. Sam, like are all just like so wonderful. And then, and then on on a the, in the conceptual realm, that movie is one of the most coherent. Yes. In terms of in terms of presenting an idea where you have, um, you know, security versus freedom, so that that interplay, but also in in the in the person of Captain America who emblemizes the United, like he emblemizes uh, America, mm-hmm. going through this this um, de-idolization, like. Yeah what he understood to be true in terms of his trust of his country and what he fights for is completely undermined. And so that's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's just fun for me to think about. Very fun um, to dig into conceptually. Yeah. 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 Um, and then obviously like action scenes are, are phenomenal, really good movie. Always, always gets me, uh, when I see it again. And again, I'm like, I'm like, well, was it really this good? Yeah, it was. It has (laughs) such high rewatch value. And it also Mm -hmm. has standalone value because even though it is Mm -hmm. a sequel, even though it does interconnect with things that came before and after it, it's probably the MCU movie, one of the MCU movies, depending on who this hypothetical friend I'm going to talk about is. But like if a friend said, like, I want to watch an MCU movie but I don't want to get into the MCU. I might be like, let's watch winter soldier because you can really connect yeah. with what's happening. You can connect to the relationships yeah. and the themes without, I mean, of course it's enhanced by the understanding of the characters and who they were and where they go afterward. Mm-hmm. But I think you can really mm-hmm. get a lot out of it, even in just a, a yeah. standalone. Yeah. Cause it is so I'm, I'm, as I said. had a, I know we had, you and I had that conversation about MCU movies that you can truly watch without seeing the rest the rest of them stand alone. Jude and I went on a long conversation about that. Oh, I'm sure that's what, what It's an interesting thought experiment mm-hmm. um, because the, 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 the normal go-tos for best, you know, Marvel movies 
definitely wouldn't fit that category, you know? So, but you know, funny enough, the ones that I, the ones that I've listed here are, uh, okay. So my number two is Loki. I have been on your podcast. I was on Transjude's podcast gushing about that show. You love Loki. So y'all can, y'all can go <laughs> and listen to that. But, um, but in terms of, um, the, the show as a, as a, um, just a beautiful piece of, of, of the, the show pressed the aesthetic, uh, the aesthetics in a way that I feel like the other shows have not as much just the, 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 um, the comprehensive, you know, aesthetic of the TVA yeah. and the music and then the characters, um, some really fresh characters and stories, uh, that took unexpected turns and that took risks that I think paid off. And then, um, to conclude, like the show didn't conclude, and so I'm I'm not willing to to be so critical of how the the, the the series ended because it's not really over. I remember your um your guest Mav really he said took issue with how how it concluded because mm-hmm. it just kind of stopped the, the Loki story and then picked up the Kang story. I was so fascinated by his performance that I wasn't dissatisfied, but I completely understand and and to some extent agree with what he said about. Sylvie and and where she goes because we kind of like left that off but I'm fully I'm fully confident that that's going to pay out that there's more there's more to tell for her and and for Loki so um personally I think it's the best one of the three Disney plus shows or four Disney plus shows now yeah that's just me so um my my number one is Avengers Infinity War Endgame <laughs> because That's we're all kind one. of doing it, but but okay. To be clear, there. you're not going to do what Rob. I think there's a slight difference between my approach and Rob's, which was I think Rob was kind of saying that they're both part of the same piece, so they go together. And I think what I was saying is that I find it very difficult to not have those as the top two and so therefore i'm going to just say that they're tied for number one yeah. and then disregard yeah. math and do two through five anyway <laughs> like if you had to if you had to oh man see i was just about to say that well for me infinity war is number one because blah 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 but then i was like no because Endgame, this this and this so like i cannot choose which one's first um they 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 go together like i don't i really don't think you can ha- you can watch endgame without infinity war but in terms of a of a complete story that's that's enclosed infinity war is a brilliant story yes from from yes. start to finish and it ends and it's over and and um thanos is in is in his field and it's done and that's a complete story because it's his story and it's yes. brutal. It rips your heart out. And so I'm making a case for it being number one. However, Endgame, the payoff of Endgame is so satisfying and, and, and hits you in so many different places. It's such a complex story with so many characters and yet it works that it's, it's just brilliant. So that's why that's number one. That's why they're both number one. Yeah, yeah. usually I get. Or you could just take it all as one. You know. <laughs> yeah, I I think that they are they are contained pieces, as you said. Infinity War on its own is is such a powerful story, but I usually give Endgame the edge if I'm going to say which uh-huh. one uh, ranks higher than the other one. And I think what it comes down to for Endgame is just like some of those absolutely unforgettable moments, which is not to say that Infinity War doesn't have 
fantastic moments that stick out, but there's just so much to Endgame that is truly iconic. Yeah. And left. then they 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 take like brilliant they br- these brilliant um risks, you know, with Infinity War it's like you you kill off half your character, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 um they just keep losing. And with Endgame, you have 5 years later, you know, and the world has ended. And you see what it's like. it's not like they turn around and save the world. It's like Five years later, and the world has ended, and everyone is different, yeah. and everyone is broken. Oh, I love and it. And so, and then there's like a glimmer of hope. It's so good. And then there's two hours left. So there's yeah. like, there's still tons of movie. So, um, yeah. I yeah. Just, the first act of Endgame, I'm like absolutely in love with. And not, which is not to yeah. say that I don't love the, the rest of the movie either, but of course, I love that, <laughs> that exploration of where the characters yeah. are at after the failure. That's fascinating then, to me. So, so Tara, then I have five honorable mentions. I'm just kidding. I, I do have five <laughs> movies that I that should have made it into my top five, but so they're in the top I couldn't. <laughs> they're in the top ten. So we've got I've got Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers, Ant-Man, Shang-Chi, and Thor Ragnarok. Love it. Those are my that's my top ten. So I just couldn't decide. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Daniel, for sharing your top fives. It's been really fun to kind of both look ahead and look back on the MCU with you today. And I'm very much looking forward to our next conversation, which you and I already have planned. And I think I'm going to make the decision to not exactly tease what that conversation is just yet, but people can look out for that coming up sometime in the next few weeks. Before we wrap up here tonight, is there anything else that you want to say about what's on your mind about the MCU in 2021? I am just excited. I'm excited for our upcoming conversation, and I'm very excited for uh, for the slate of shows and movies. Um, so that's that's where I'm. That's where I'm at. I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. Ready for more. <laughs> right there with you. Thanks so much, Daniel. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this conversation about what's next for the MCU in 2021, you can follow the podcast at an idea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. There Was an Idea merchandise is also now available. You can find the link in the show notes and on my Instagram profile. Artwork was created by Brooke Pender, who you can follow on Instagram at bpenderillustrations. And music by Demetra Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening and stay tuned next week for a conversation about the finale of What If and some general reflections on the What If series overall. Overall.